guys. Welcome back to the Living Stories podcast. Um, I know I've had a couple weeks off, but um, but we're back, and I'm really excited to hear this story. Um, it's something different than what we've had on the podcast before, even when it was Stories of Freedom. So our guest today is Farin. How you doing, Farin? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So um, yeah, I'm real excited to hear your story. Uh, Farin reached out to me after we started the Living Stories podcast, and switched from the stories of freedom and um sounds like a pretty incredible story from the the little bit of information that i have so i can't can't wait to hear the rest so whenever you're you're ready uh well actually so you did go to you went to living stones when it was journey right that's how yeah, you was, that's how you heard um, the podcast well i uh, i've been secretly stalking you on facebook for a while <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, i haven't had good experiences in the past with churches mm-hmm. so I have a tendency to like kind of watch them for a little while and, yeah. uh, and then maybe go check them out. So uh, I I saw the podcast and I'm like, hey, man, this is, this is a, because I had taken some years off for ministry because uh-huh. uh, I had my youngest son and I figured uh, this would be a cool way to jump back in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I definitely, you know, we're doing some things with the church. So definitely when we start back up, it'd be cool to to see you there and you know, as things start to ease back into, as the society starts easing back into normal and we start doing different church services. I know one thing that they talked about was doing, um, it's called Scattered Church Theory, or Scattered Church Platform, (laughs) where basically uh, we would meet in people's homes uh, rather than in in the building, because we really don't have a building anyway. We go off, we we meet in the, in the, junior high out here in Fernley and um and they're not letting us back probably till at least the end of the year um and then there is a small building where we have all our stuff in storage but it's not really meant for that many people um not there's a lot of people that go there but it's still it would be really cramped I don't know if you've if you know where that office building is at but it's really it's it's not very big so yeah by um, uh my gym's just down the down the down the way oh yeah yeah Yeah, it's right next to the gym there so um so they were talking about doing scatter church where we we're going to meet in um, different homes throughout the the week, like maybe like two or three families or so would meet in somebody's home and we would watch the, the, the live stream together as, as a, you know, as the different families and it, you could either watch the live stream and it would be just like we're watching it now, or I guess there's going to be a file that you can download and it'll be more interactive so you can pause it and talk about different things. So that's that gonna be like pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was a good idea. So I'm looking forward to that. And our home is going to be one of those homes that does the that we're going to let people come in. So that's cool. But um, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started on your story, and um, and yeah, let's we'll go from there. Uh, so I guess we'll just start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, was born into a very Muslim family. You could trace our lineage back all the way to the beginning of oh, wow. Islam, and uh, you know it's it's kind of scattered, but you could you could get there. Yeah. Uh, so we've been Muslims since there were Muslims, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, that was just the way I was raised. I went to an Islamic uh, elementary school, and uh, instead of learning ABCs, I learned the Arabic alphabet. And, oh wow! Uh, in fact, Arabic was. Uh, my primary language until uh, fourth or fifth grade. Uh-huh. Uh, I, we, we spoke English. We just didn't speak a lot. Uh-huh. 
because that's just the world we were in. In fact, we lived in a, a condo community with uh, that was just surrounded by Muslims. It was just a, it wasn't a commune, but it was, you know, every other condo was a Muslim. Where was this so at? In California. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was born and raised in Southern California uh, uh-huh. in the, the San Bernardino area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, that's the way we lived for the longest time. We had a private tutor that came to our house once or twice a week, depending on how we were acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was, we were pretty extreme. Like it was, uh, I wore head coverings everywhere. My mom wore it. It was, uh, you know, uh, despite the fact, my mother was raised Catholic. We should start there. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, she met my dad and, uh, decided that love was enough to convert. So she converted uh, before they were married. Uh, and so this, as I was learning, she was learning too. So yeah. it was an interesting experience there. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we lived that way until uh, my dad lost his job my freshman year of high school. And we moved to Las Vegas. Mm. And that's where we lived. And that's where I met my husband. Uh, and uh, until like two years ago, we moved to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, you know, life was pretty normal. Uh, it was different because it was Vegas. So there yeah. wasn't a big, uh, Muslim community when we moved here. Um, so it was hard to have that connection and have that, that time with, uh, like-minded individuals. And it was, uh, it was like an hour and a half drive to the closest mosque. So it was, uh, it was harder for us to remain as faithful as we were in California. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time doing personal reflection and personal prayer and personal, you know, just, it was kind of, I was old enough that it was left on me to um, make sure I was being as devoted as my parents had raised me to be. And it was around this time I had picked up my first uh, English copy of uh, the Quran, which is their holy Bible. Yeah. And so I started reading English, and it's it's uh, it's perceived that you shouldn't read it, and what you should read it so you understand what's going on, but you shouldn't study from it, and you shouldn't. Um, sorry question. about it's uh, sorry about the background noise, guys. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got my my daughter over here, and then my dog just barked. They must have heard something outside, so I apologize. Um, doing this in the middle of the day, so <laughs> everyone <laughs> up and about. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear my kid banging on the door. Just, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I picked up this English copy, and uh-huh. I started reading it. And um, I have a very analytical mind, so I yeah. need to read a little bit and I need to think a little bit and I need to pray on something and it's just that's just the way I've always been yeah except um I was never taught to question anything oh yeah uh because I'm a woman so I'm not allowed to question anything so uh were, so, you, were you saying sorry I just, so were you saying that um they encourage you not to read the Quran kind of like on your own is that yeah. what well, wow. well you're you're allowed to read it on your own you're not allowed to interpret it on your own. Oh, I got you. Uh, yeah, that's, it's that's real similar to like Jehovah's Witnesses because they. I know is. we've talked to them a couple of times, and they they don't they they basically just follow whatever the watchtower tells them 
to study that week. And, and they, the watchtower tells them only read, you know, basically this part from what I understand anyway, it's real similar. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty similar. Uh, you're not, you're not told to, I'm, there's certain times of the year where you're supposed to read certain things and you're supposed to read so many things a day and it, you're, you're supposed yeah. to pray five times a day. And yeah. so you're up from dawn to dusk and, uh, your whole world is consumed in prayer. Yeah. Which I, I love that idea. The idea mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah. The practice, however, can get, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, mundane. Yeah. I guess you could say. And um, like, like ceremonial kind of, like yes. we're just doing it to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so by my sophomore and junior year of high school, I was um, questioning a lot more than my parents wanted me to, uh, mm -hmm. because I needed to understand what I was reading. Yeah. I, I suddenly had this whole new grasp on what we're supposed to follow and what we were learning that uh, had all these questions, and there was nobody around to answer them because my parents had told me not to question them. Yeah. So. You know, the internet had started uh, a little bit ago, and, and so I got my first laptop uh, for my job in junior, my junior high school, and so I started just kind of researching what was questioning, what was burning inside of me, and um, the biggest thing that I found was this guy, uh, Jesus, who mm. we, uh, in Islam, his name is Isa, mm. so I had... Uh, come across this guy a lot. He's in the, the Quran a lot. He's in the Quran 368 times or something like that. He's oh, wow. Uh, which is way more than what their prophet has mentioned. Their prophet's only mentioned like 50 or 60 times. Oh, wow. So there's a huge discrepancy there. So yeah. all, all of a sudden, this is this my burning question. What is this, what is this guy that... I'm not supposed to like. I'm not. I'm taught to hate. I'm taught to hate everyone who is uh, a follower of his, who is not a follower of us. I, I was suddenly questioning everything that I, I had learned my entire life. Yeah. Because I see this name over and over and over. And it's not just like little bits and pieces. It's, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so... I started dismissing what I was taught to follow, taught to learn, and I'd kind of stopped praying, and I'd stopped uh, reading what I was supposed to, and I would go through the motions to make my, my parents happy. I would fake it, uh, yeah. because I just, it didn't feel good to me anymore. It didn't, it, it had never felt right to me. It, uh, my whole life, I'd always questioned it, but I was taught not to question it. So I go through this period of time probably my junior to beginning of senior year that I just agnostic for lack of a better term that I went through the motions for my parents to make them happy and get them off my back and I'd kind of fallen into this crowd in school that was uh, not the greatest crowd yeah <laughs> uh, I you know I had that rebellious teenage uh, time and uh, I you know, was the bully in school, and I was the one that was putting the kids in the trash cans, and it was, which is kind of funny when you look at it, I'm only 5'2", I'm not a very big person, <laughs> so um, I had fallen into this, and uh, 
I, ironically, music was something that I had fallen into, and that was something I really liked. And mm-hmm. I was in, I think I had like seven band classes my senior year of high school. So it was, that's just where I lived. Yeah. And I, during band camp, uh, before senior year, I had met um, a group of freshmen who were uh, very innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just like, that's, that's the way I can think of it. That's the way I remember it. And they, uh, they started trying to hang out with me and one of them was bold enough to actually take a cigarette out of my mouth. Like it oh, was, wow. uh, it was pretty interesting. So two or three months of this went by and I finally, I was like, what, what is your deal? Why, why, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be the big bad senior on campus and these little freshmen are, are trying to, you know, stand up to me. And, and it wasn't mean in the way they were doing it. They were, yeah. it was a very friendly way. And, so we uh, we started talking, and I started trying to understand what it was that they wanted to do, or if they were just trying to mess with me, or I don't know. And I got to know them, and uh, they eventually invited me to a party, and mm-hmm. I said, "All right, it's a party, you know, <laughs> uh, party in high school. Let's go." And so I go to this party and I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be drinking. And, and I didn't do drugs, but it, it happened around and that was just, you know, it's Vegas. So yeah. we go to this party and it's at a church. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it was, it was next to a dentist office uh-huh. and it doesn't look like a church. It was just a office building and you walked in and there's this giant, like, 20 foot cross just right when you walk in and I'm like oh crud I'm not supposed to be <laughs> so like everything I'd ever been taught was screaming against me to run like it right. was just I'm not supposed to be here yeah so I immediately was like started making excuses I'm like I gotta I gotta go I can't you know this was fun this was cool I gotta go and they wouldn't be leave they just kind of come hang out and just check some people out and, and meet them and get to know them. And um, they really thought that I would have a good time there. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of st- stood in the back <laughs> with my cup of soda. Yeah. And uh, just kind of watched. And I noticed that they were all having fun in this building and they were all just uh, friendly and uh, inviting. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest word I could say. And so uh, I was like, all right, it was over. And I'm like, all right, I'll take you guys home. Because I was driving. The freshman can't drive. So I take them home and I go back home and I didn't think anything of it. Like it was yeah. just one of those failed experiences of me. About yeah. it, and I just, I left it at that. And so about a month or so go by and they said, uh, one, of the, one of the girls calls me up and says, hey, I need to, I need to ride a youth group. I can't, uh, my parents aren't here and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be in charge of something and I need a ride and you're the only one I can call. So I went over and took her to a youth group and uh, I lived about 20 minutes from her house and the church. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was no point me driving home for an hour to come back. So I just kind of hung out in the back and, and uh, did my homework or, uh, write a book or whatever it was uh, because the internet on phones weren't a thing yet so (laughs) I uh, had to go to traditional means of entertaining myself yeah (laughs) 
and uh, eventually you start listening to what's going on. And uh, I started actually paying attention and sitting amongst the kids. And, and I say kids, but they were around my age. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and listening to what the pastor was talking about. And it had intrigued me. And I was very interested because it talked about this, this one guy that had rocked my faith. Mm-hmm. but it is rocking my world in a different way yeah. it was it was a message of compassion and of, of of love interestingly enough the word love is not found in islam it's found the concept of it is there but the word is it hmm. and so i really attached myself to this idea that there was a, a god who loved me who for where i stood from who from the troubles that i'm having to, to not because I wasn't praying every day that he's going to strike me down or if I um, if I do something wrong and then die the next second then I'm going to hell that's just that's yeah. the way the religion worked that it, if you didn't have enough works mm-hmm. there wasn't enough good in your life yeah and so this concept of good always being there despite how I felt or how I what I did or where I went or who I hung out with or how much I prayed or it was just it was mind-blowing for me to to see a world where women are worthless they're they're I mean they're not worthless but they're they don't have as much worth Mm -hmm. as they could and it was insane i was just like i couldn't wrap my hand around the the amount of love that there was there yeah it i mean despite where i came from and who i was at the time there was just nothing but love for me that doesn't and it felt good and so they decided to uh that was the year passion of christ came out oh okay it was like oh three oh four something like that and so the group went and I said, okay, it's a movie. I'll go see a movie. And not knowing anything about what was about, just that my friends were going and I wanted to go too. Mm-hmm. So the whole church rented out a, a, a theater and it wasn't a very big church. There was maybe about 100, 150 people. And we rented the whole theater out and we all sat down and I'm sitting here with my big old popcorn and my big old soda and everybody else is like sitting there on the Kleenex boxes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How bad is this movie that you guys are going to cry through it the whole time? And I'm sitting and I, I, I remember distinctly that I didn't touch the popcorn and I didn't touch the soda, but man, I used every single Kleenex that was around me. Oh, it wow. was, it was, um, it was the first time that I truly understood what Jesus did on the yeah. cross. It was the it was an insane um, picture of this whole world that I was taught to hate, mm-hmm. to to shy away from, to to run from, to to not associate myself with. It was it was. I saw that movie 16 times in two weeks. Oh, wow. And I did not understand what it was about this man that I was so drawn to, that the story that had 
rocked everything that I had ever heard or thought or did. And I brought my brother a couple of times. My brother and I are only two years apart. And I brought him a couple of times and I'm like, man, you got it. What, what is, because we shared a room. So what, what, is, what is it about this movie that, that I don't understand? Why am I drawing over and over and over to the story? Mm-hmm. And he sat there with his big old popcorn and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just a really weird movie. <laughs> and oh, so wow. I, I, didn't, I don't know. I just didn't. It, it was troubling to me that I didn't understand something. Yeah. So I, I remember the last time that I went and saw it in the theater, I, it was like 11.30 at night. I had gotten out. It was a late show and I went after work and told my parents I was working late. Like it was just, uh, and I left the theater. I drove straight to the church and I busted the door down to the pastor's, the pastor's office. And I'm like, you're going to sit here and you're going to help me figure out what it is about this man that I am so intrigued by that I, I, I don't understand it. And we sat and we talked until like three or 4 a.m. And we were just sitting there talking. And uh, I'm gonna, I have to blow my nose real quick. Yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> the wind yesterday really got to me. I know. <laughs> it was windy. It was pretty bad. Uh, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so we sat there for till three or four o'clock in the morning. I remember the sun was starting to come up when we were leaving, and uh, I was still a little frustrated at the idea. And I think it was around uh, it was around Christmas break when this happened, and I was talking to uh, my friend who uh, on the phone, and it was like eleven o'clock Christmas Eve. And she was like, man, I hope it snows. And I'm like, she's like, it really looks like it's going to snow. Because she's from Colorado. And, like, it doesn't snow in Vegas. It's a <laughs> desert. It's hot. It doesn't ever snow. Yeah. And she goes, no, I really think it's going to snow on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, no, it's not going to snow. You're crazy. So we go back and forth a little while. And I said, you know what? If your God makes it snow, I will get down on my knees right now. And as, as these words are coming out of my mouth, she says go look outside and i go look outside and it's snowy oh wow it just it wasn't a lot yeah and it wasn't it was just enough to see that it was snowy and i was like i gotta go and i hung up the phone and i went to bed like i was just like oh crud what did i what what happened yeah (laughs) and so i was like i was amazed at that one that this had happened yeah and so i had written it off as a coincidence i'm like nah it was already gonna snow it's not a big deal whatever so uh i don't remember what it was but i went to uh one of the uh one of the sunday services and i i sat down and i decided to just kind of sit in the back and not talk to anybody and come in late and just kind of watch. And so I'm watching, uh, it was a, uh, it was a not quite Pentecostal, uh, but they were along the lines and uh, they were just heartfelt on the floor for God. And it was, 
I didn't understand it. Like, what? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. That because outward expressions are a lot of Islam. So this is yeah. this is new to me to to cry out to God so that other people can hear you. What are you doing? Like it was yeah, super weird for me. And so, but I I listened to the worship because music was such a huge part of my life. And I'm listening, and I'm watching, and I, I don't know what it was, but that I, I got down on my knees with those people that day, and I, I'm not, I know now, looking back on it, that that was the day I had accepted to follow this path. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. Yeah. This is, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to live. This is who I want to be. This man, Jesus, was who I wanted to emulate. It was who I wanted to understand, who I wanted to run after. And um, so as a writer, read that uh, that one worship song, uh, I'm Running After You. What's oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really big, and it was a huge thing. So yeah, was, I know which one. That was, those were the words that I, I clung on to, that I was running and I was going after this one thing that I had been taught my whole life to run from. Mm-hmm. And um, I had started, I got myself, a, I went to Walmart and I got one of those little cheap little study Bibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fell apart in a month. <laughs> it was, I was trying to, I was reading it under the covers and uh, in my car and at school and just trying to hide it from my parents. And yeah. Uh, because everybody said, no, what it was, what, yeah. why, why does my heart long this way? Yeah. So I spent about three, four months hiding it from my parents. Uh, and then, uh, one day I come home from work and they had found everything underneath my bed. Uh, cause I guess my mom like went to go make my bed or whatever, like she was being nice. Uh-huh. And they had found it, and I come home, and they're all sitting around in the dark, and they're Uh-oh. like, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, that's just a book I'm reading for school. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, I, I, what other answer do I have? It's like 11 yeah. o'clock at night. I just got off of work after a full day of school, and I'm tired. And, and so I uh, was given the ultimatum of, uh, it was essentially to, either come back to the faith or um, just not be there anymore. Oh, wow. Um, so I just turned 18. And I ended up living in my car for a little while because it was, this was just something I wanted so bad. I, I wanted to be free because I had been hiding it for so long. I, mm-hmm. I, need, I needed to know that I was okay to do it wherever I wanted to. And uh, what's funny is if you've talked to a lot of other Muslims, mm-hmm. the first thing they buy is a Bible and a cross. And it, I don't know what it is, but that's just what, that's the first thing we buy. And <laughs> I remember having to hide my cross and, uh, and I didn't have to hide it anymore. And I was, I was free. I was living in my car, but I was free. Yeah. And I, my dad had bought my car, so I, uh, I knew that he was just going to come take it one day. So I went and bought this, uh, 
either. It was like a Chevy Metro hatchback uh-huh. or something like that. It yeah. was just like this, the steering, the steering uh, had gone on it. It was oh. just like you had to like really turn that power steering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. And but I, that was the happiest I had been in probably years. Wow. Years that car smelt and it was I I, I lived in it like it yeah. was just um and so time goes on and I meet uh I meet a man or a boy at the time we were eighteen so mm-hmm. uh and uh we it hit it off and it was that was he said he was Christian and, and that was really appealing to me and uh, we eventually moved in together and. Um, uh, started living together, and that was about four years of my life before mm-hmm. I discovered that uh, he had spent most of that time cheating on me. Uh, and so I, it rocked uh, my faith at the time yeah. because I was like, "This is this is a, a man I've been going to church with and living with, and you know, engaged to and." Uh, for some reason, the church just, like, it was a week before we were supposed to get married, and oh, wow. uh, I'd found all this out, and the church kind of turned its back on me, yeah. uh, because I had decided to continue living with him and not get married, that we were going to work on it. I was going to fix him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, I did fix him, and, uh, and we had a really, really bad breakup, and that rocked my faith again yeah it was i why i mean why why try anymore like it was just life was not good since the moment i got down on my knees and it was good in the fact that i had jesus that i was i had something to believe in and uh over the years my bible had grown a little dusty Mm -hmm. um and i was driving by this uh it's a it's a really big church in vegas and I had to drive by it from work. And uh, it was right around the time where my parents started talking to me again. Uh, uh, so it was a really weird time for me. Uh, and uh, we were having dinners again. And it was it was a family again. And it felt good. And I drove by this church. And they were just rebuilding their auditorium. They were making it bigger you know, uh, and so they had all this construction going on, and I'm watching it, that build it, as I'm driving it by every day, and I'm like, I should go check them out one day, and uh, the building opened up, and I never checked them out, and mm-hmm. finally one day they had a big old thing for Easter, and it's like, all right, maybe I should go check it out for Easter, and I walk in, and like, it's a, it's a mega church, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot, it was overwhelming, because I, I'm used to this 100, 150, yeah person church to now this thousands of people are literally trying right. to get into this one building and i have a tendency to be a little bit of an introvert in places i'm not familiar with so yeah. i walked in and i couldn't i walked in the back of the building and i couldn't figure out where the interest was it was just massive <laughs> and, and i walked around and i see this little fountain turns out it was a baptistry i see this little fountain and i uh and i'm like all right i can't find the door i'm just gonna leave like this is embarrassing. I can't get into the church. So <laughs> as I'm leaving, this this uh, lady and her friend uh, 
It's like, hey, are you lost? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm very lost. And they they brought me in, and it was like it was this group of thirty that was amongst this thousands of people that had brought me in, and that's where I really started to learn who Jesus was, that's and awesome. and. Uh, uh, it was where I learned how to study the Bible, and mm-hmm. where I learned to figure out my style of studying the Bible, and that it was not okay to hit people over the head with the Bible just because yeah. this is something that I believed in, and because that's all I knew my whole life is yeah. that you, you you beat somebody into submission, not literally, but yeah, that's that's just that was my life for the longest time, and so I had this peace and this amazing path that I was on and I met my now husband <laughs> uh, who had had bad experiences with church as well and mm-hmm. uh, he decided to start coming to this church with me and um, we eventually like it was a year into our dating that he proposed and uh, we are now married with you know two beautiful kids and um, it was around that time that he we got engaged and uh, were to be married that I was asked to speak at a convention with uh, former Muslims. It was it was uh, an organization that taught churches how to reach out to Muslims, mm-hmm. and they asked me to come tell my story. And I I went there and I did several years. I spoke at their conventions and I it was thousands of people and it was insane to to be telling this story yeah um, to all these people and um life is uh interesting yeah. <laughs> with, with two kids uh and uh, i uh well my husband and i had a period of time where we separated for a little while and uh i think it was um it was like son was two so two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, some or other. Uh and I had spent that time uh really really exploring my relationship with God. Where where was I and where were we as a couple and what what did I need to change? And um, you know, eventually we found our way back to each other. Uh and um, you know every couple has their ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, uh, ours was pretty extreme for a little bit, and we had both decided that it was we needed to follow after God, and we needed to to put Him first. And and so one of the biggest ways we decided to do that was to go church shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we went to a couple of different churches, didn't really like it, and then we saw this thing on Facebook with. Uh, a startup group. It was just kind of a startup church and they were looking for people to volunteer and to get involved. But we were like, no way. There's no way. I had heard horror stories from people and I'm like, no, we're good. And eventually, a couple months right down the line, the Facebook ads started to increase and it really started to, uh, my husband was like, let's just, let's just go check it out. What's the harm? Yeah. And my husband is, uh, was (laughs) a 
super shy guy around people he doesn't know he just doesn't talk he yeah. lets me do the talking and, yeah <laughs> uh sorry my nose is just insane oh it's okay <laughs> that weird man. We, we were in it all day yesterday yeah, yeah. Uh, uh so he um we walked through the building and there was maybe 15 people and we'd actually known a couple who uh and, uh, who were leading the uh, kids ministry program and the worship team. Mm-hmm. So we knew them from our previous church and we had really formed a relationship with them. We had watched this uh, man go from an entertainer to uh, just a man of God. We had, that had really drawn us there because when we knew him before, it was from going to his band's shows, from going to support him. So to see him, exclusively on this platform was what drew us in and so we walked into this church and we were like i don't know what's gonna happen i really don't want to be setting up chairs every sunday (laughs) five hours at church like it was just i i wanted a building and i wanted i wanted to just walk in and just be there but i mean they did a small devotional and they did a small little worship set and then they were like all right let's break up into groups and figure out how we're going to launch this church. And so we're like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Wait, this is our first day. Like, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? And immediately my husband just took off towards the setup and teardown team. It was just building walls for the kids ministry and trying to figure out the little puzzle pieces to the floor. And, and I was just kind of there and I'm watching him and I'm amazed that we'd been in this building for 15 minutes and it was a high school at the time and he's already off building stuff and talking to people and laughing and joking like he knows these people his whole life oh wow uh i was like all right i guess this is where we're gonna be if if, if my husband is comfortable here he's talking to people here this is what we really need yeah and my kid had other kids to play with and uh I'm kind of an introvert at times, so he doesn't ha- he didn't have a whole lot of friends outside of church, uh, or outside of the church we were attending at the time, but it wasn't really good friends. Yeah. So, but he was playing with these kids and sharing his toys for a three-year-old. That's yeah, cool. that's, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his favorite prized possessions, he was, he didn't even share with mommy and daddy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, I mean, I, I'll have to dig up that picture for you, but there's a picture of, of uh, all the kids just kind of circled around him and he's just laughing and joking and it was, and I was still kind of standoffish because I have been hurt by churches and I have been hurt by people in the churches. And so I was just not, I was not okay to get hurt again. Yeah. So eventually, uh, we kind of go back, and Jesse's got his place. And that's my husband, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my son Isaac has his place, and he's playing with the kids, and I'm just kind of hanging out watching the kids, and that's just kind of how it started. And, and eventually, uh, Pastor Brian, who uh, uh, is the pastor at the Springs Church in Las Vegas, and I'm still, I still kind of do stuff for them once in a while, and he called me one day, and he goes, hey, do you want to be part of the prayer team? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, yeah. I, I, I've never prayed for somebody else before. No, I, I'm good. And uh, I mean, I prayed for other people, but I, not in that yeah, yeah. extent, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, okay. And um, 
he was like, all right, we'll talk about it. He's a very thoughtful man, so mm -hmm. he likes to mull things over, likes to pray about it, and really likes to dive in with it, and then a couple of days later, he calls me, because I really want you to be part of Prayer Team. He goes, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and so eventually I gave in. And I'm like, if he really wants me to do it, and that's where he wants me to serve, then I guess that's what I'll do. Because I needed a place. I needed a, a section to, to fit in. Because yeah. my husband had his place, my kid had his place, and I'm like, I just standing around all day. And I eventually met this amazing woman, uh, Selena. She's probably going to listen to this and <laughs> <laughs> kick my butt. But <laughs> she, her fire for God was just insane and it was the kind of fire that that stokes your fire that mm -hmm. um she's probably gonna blush because i'm talking about it <laughs> uh, but she was such an integral part of who i am right now at this moment and uh she taught me how to pray and i mean not that there's a method to pray yeah. but but um the attitude of your heart right and, um you know, uh, it was with her that I really uh, connected with, and uh, and I, I, I just every day thank God for that friendship because mm -hmm. I don't know who I would be today without it. Because she, 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 like I said, she stoked my fire and she uh, brought this uh, brought something out of me that I didn't know was there, and mm -hmm. I have this insatiable love for trying to understand what God is trying to say in this moment, in this time to be. And it's, it all stems from that little yes for the prayer team. And eventually I had moved away from the prayer team because that's just not where God wanted me. That's where he wanted me then and there mm -hmm. to learn, to learn what I learned and to take that and move on. And uh, eventually Brian called me up one day again and he goes, hey, uh, I want you to learn our, uh, I want you to lead our production team. So like, I can take a picture with my phone and that is it. Like that's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was so much to learn and so many electronics. And it was at that time that we'd actually acquired our own building. And it was to, I, I had to learn, well, we were, we didn't acquire the building at first. We, we kind of uh, went up side by side with another church who had, uh, lost their membership and they were really starting to decline and so we came up alongside them and uh, eventually we merged with them it took some time but I learned a lot in that time and uh, I eventually we I learned how to do their sermon videos and the audio and just everything and I fallen in love with it and that was that was just where I served and that's where I loved it and oh, Jess and I were happy. We were at the church and we were busy and we were serving and mm -hmm. we had a purpose. Yeah. And then Jess lost his job uh, right around when the recession happened. And uh, we just never really financially recovered. We, he jumped from job to job and uh, I did little things here and there just to kind of keep us afloat and uh had a roommate just so we could have a roof over our house and uh eventually it just kind of all fell apart and we were literally told like two weeks you had to get out like it was oh, so wow. we had no job no savings no money 
we didn't know what to do. And a couple of months prior, my friend Selena and her husband Chris had moved out to Cornwall. And so I called her and I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't know what we're going to do. And she goes, why don't you just guys just come here? Like we were joking about it. Like mm-hmm. it was a big joke. She goes, why don't you guys just come here? I'm like, there's nothing there. Well, we <laughs> so, so we went for a couple of days and we visited them because it's a six hour drive. We just wanted to kind of get away out of the city and, and I know what else is out there. And eventually, we, I mean, we didn't fall in love with Fernley. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Fernley. <laughs> yeah. I know the first time we looked at this place, we drove in, drove out. We're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we came yeah. back. <laughs> it's Fernley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not very big. There's nothing exciting going on. So, I mean, coming from Vegas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing. So, yeah. we were like, no. Nah. So, we dismissed it. And so, we, I was like, all right, God, whatever we're doing here, we got to figure it out. So I put some feelers out, and eventually, like Jess had, like, 12 job offers. You know? Oh, wow. And it was, it was good money. It was money that we could live off of, and we could continue our dreams of, of homeschooling our kids, and I didn't have to work, and it was uh, a really weird blessing in disguise, because mm-hmm. we, here we are, super involved in this church. Uh, we had been trying to get pregnant uh, for a very long time with our second child and we had some uh, miscarriages and things like that. And so we had kind of ingrained our faith into this church. And before we moved out here, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> so here we are in this new city with a new baby on the way and uh, a uh, six-year-old who had no clue what was going on. Yeah. And a church, we had to leave the church that we had, ingrained ourselves in and we took that period of time and we were like well maybe it's just god telling us to rest because we didn't we didn't we would just go in all the time at that church yeah and you know uh here we are today <laughs> yeah. you know we're up, about to be adults who uh are gonna buy a house here soon and oh so, nice like, we're, congratulations <laughs> on that. That's you awesome. know big adults yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we have money in our savings account now it's just, yeah it's been a really weird blessing from god to, to to be torn away from everything like that and then to come to Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there is so much in your story that, 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 I mean, I think I could spend forever just unpacking it and going through little details. There's so much in there that, um, that's just incredible, you know, and, um, I got a few things that I was gonna, that I, you know, that I want to dive into a little bit, but, I mean, the first thing, and, and I, I noticed this anytime I do a story like with somebody and they tell their story, like God uh, has a way of meeting you where you're at and then taking you to places that you didn't think you would go, yeah. you know, and I hear that all over your story. Like every part of your story has that, like God meets you like somewhere. Um, I, I thought it was uh, the group of friends that you had, you know, that you had and uh, the freshmen that, that kind of, you know, they were nice to you and stuff like that. And then they invite you to church that story or invite you to a party that ended up being a church. That story cracked me up because it's like, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but it was, you know, it's still, I don't know if you would have went, uh, I mean, you know, if they would have told you it was a church because of your background. So, I mean, it's, it's like, like I said, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, you know, but it, it worked and that was the right way for you and your life to get you, get you there. Which yeah. is incredible, you know, just to see God work in that way. Um, yeah. So, um, sorry, yeah. it's a lot. My story's a lot. And that's <laughs> just like, it's the super condensed version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, 
you know, uh, there's there's so much that is more intimate and uh, and whatnot. But I, I figured that was a good. Yeah, it was. Little... <laughs> and I and I could tell there's a lot there. That's why I'm like I think we could unpack this all day long if you know if yeah. if time allowed and if you know so maybe we'll have to separate this into like another podcast and we dive in a little bit further because there's, yeah. there's another aspect here where you know growing up muslim i know for for me um i i don't know much about about that faith and and it's something that i you know would definitely like to know a little bit more about and i think other people might be more interested in hearing that as well um but i mean i heard some of the 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 things i mean like so I worked with this girl, I don't know, I was probably in my early 20s, and she was probably like 18 or 19, and she was a, a Muslim. She actually grew up Catholic as well, and then somewhere, I don't know the, what happened, I didn't, we never got into that, but she, she grew up as, as you know, younger as a Catholic, and then somehow her family converted to being Muslim, and she was very devout. I mean, she had to take her breaks on time so that she could go out and pray, and she set up her prayer mat in the parking lot. Um, and actually prayed in the parking lot. And sometimes people would come back and, or people would come by. She would, she would tell us that some people came by and like would harass her a little bit, you know, seeing her pray in the parking lot and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, um, that's about the, the, the most I've interaction I've had, you know, with any, with, with the Muslim faith. So I, I know that, you know, you talked about them mentioning Jesus in the, in the Quran a lot. And I know that they, do talk about Jesus, but I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know what it says about him. Like, you so know, <laughs> the, the, it's, um, they believe he's a prophet mm -hmm. that he came from God and that he, um, not that he came from God in our sense, that he was a man yeah, who just spoke for God and, uh, that he wasn't the son of God. Um, he did do all the miracles. It, they, in fact, add a couple of miracles. There's one where he talks from the crib. Uh, and uh, he is, he never sinned. Mm -hmm. He uh, he never uh, talked bad. He never, he never did anything that normal humans do. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't have that human-like nature to him. And, uh, in fact, he's considered to be one of the holiest prophets behind the Muhammad who's the main prophet yeah uh but they have uh, I think it's the same in Catholicism when they have seven levels of heaven oh okay and uh the seventh level is obviously where God sits and God hangs out and yeah. which fascinating to me this is what really piqued my interest in Jesus is that here's this man who's considered to be a prophet uh a holy man uh never sinned who's done miracles who, who's like the perfect human being yeah and he's just hanging out in the third heaven he that's just where he is oh, so wow. what what kind of chance do somebody like me yeah have yeah to get anywhere close to god if jesus is hanging out in the third heaven yeah like that was something that had blocked everything that i had ever yeah. learned so i could mess up one day and, and just not be there like yeah. that's that was just my I remember her saying that like she had to do this stuff in order to keep God's favor or Muhammad or yeah. you know I don't remember what how she worded it but I remember that she she was very like I can't not do this like you know I will be punished if I don't or you know I may not go to heaven you know and it was it was crazy like I didn't talk to her too much about it but it's very uh very ritualistic like the way yes. you 
shower is mm -hmm. there's a way you shower there's oh, a wow. prayer for <laughs> yeah there's a different prayer for like uh you know washing your head or mm -hmm. like it's just it, it's very ritualistic it's interesting uh, so it was uh there was a method to everything and everything yeah. had to be done in that certain method if it wasn't it was considered a sin yeah. so if i washed my head the wrong way and then died in the shower yeah i'm not going to heaven that's crazy yeah that's crazy because i mean yeah I, I think i think we could get really far into that and i think that would be a good episode for another time to just to dive into to that faith and talk about the differences between that faith and Christianity, just as kind of like a bonus like type episode, you know? Um, yeah. cause I think we could spend a lot of time on that. Um, for your, for your story personally, um, one of the things that I remember that you talked about was questioning, you know, you weren't allowed to question. And, um, I think that is, I mean, even, even some more traditional Christian churches will do that as well. Like you can't ask too many questions. They get mad at you if you ask questions. And like, we always tell our kids, if you go to a church that won't let you ask questions, go to a different church. That's not, that's not a good church to go to. Like you, you have to be able to ask those tough questions. And there are some things that you're not ever going to understand in the Bible. And that's okay. Like if you understood it all, you wouldn't need God. You know, there are things that you may struggle with and you may go, I don't know if, I agree with that, but it also, you have to remember you're not God as well. So it's like, you know, like it's, it's, it's this thing where it's okay to, to be human. It's okay to express yourself in church and say, I don't understand this, or I don't necessarily understand why God does this, or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's, our heart is different than God's. Our understanding is different than God's. And, and questions are okay. Cause sometimes the pastor or the, the leader that you're talking to, the teacher may be saying something that isn't right. And you recognize that because of scripture that you've read. And if you question them on that, you know, I mean, it, it not that you're, you know, just going to tear them down on it or anything like that. Yeah. But it's, it's something that you can go, well, it's okay to be different, have different opinions as well and different, different aspects of, you know, of the Bible. And that's, that's perfectly okay. Yeah, and it, that's where it was amazing to me that I, as a woman, because, mm -hmm. you know, women are allowed to do a lot of things yeah. themselves, that I could talk to somebody about my religion or that I could, besides my kids. I mean, women are allowed to teach their kids. Um, they're not allowed to teach in the sense that I can now in, yeah. in Christianity. And uh, as a as a methodical thinker, as somebody who needs to ask questions, as somebody who needs to have answers to questions, it uh -huh. drove me insane because that was not, I couldn't, yeah. I wasn't allowed to. So it's, it's, it's free to me to know that I can do that now. Yeah. Um, but as a, I mean, as a rebellious teenager, not being able to ask questions, it was just not okay with me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, one of the other things too, that you mentioned, you talked about, um, volunteering and, and, you know, getting plugged into the church and stuff. And there is a time I think of, of rest. Like if you, if you do put in a lot of time at a church I and mean, we did the same thing, we were really involved. So we we're from Sacramento and then about 
Uh, five years ago, we moved to Gardnerville. And then last year, we moved to Fernley. And in the four years that we were in Gardnerville, we got really plugged into that church and we're really helping out in different ministries and stuff. And when we came here, we said, we're just going to sit back for a little bit um, because we were burnt out, you know, between life and helping out in church. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's also an aspect of if you're having a hard time um, feeling connected to a church that you know you're supposed to be at, if the, one of the best ways to like get in and start meeting people and and uh, and finding a purpose in that church is to get plugged in, even if it's something small and some something simple. Like they, the first thing I did I uh, out here is I ended up joining the um, the setup and teardown team, and I don't help. It wasn't every week; it was every you know two or three weeks. They'd reach out and say, "Hey, you know, are you available this week or whatever?" And I would go and I'd help out, and it was just a small thing. It it took you know an extra hour on Sunday mornings in the morning, and maybe you know an hour after church uh, hour and a half because everyone's kind of talking and whatnot but it, it doing that every couple of weeks allowed me to meet more people in the church and uh and and get more connected and, and things like that so even if it's something small like i mean and there is definitely taking a break you know like you know we're not going full yeah. on in <laughs> right off yeah the i mean we were we were there six days a week we were yeah. full on in we were doing something somewhere I was editing some kind of video or recording some kind of video or we were in like up to our chins and uh we thought it appropriate we're having a baby we're changing our entire life uh moving 300 miles away from everything that we know that it was appropriate for us to uh take that break yeah. Uh, and uh, however, in the last like six, six, seven months or so, I, I found myself itching to get back in. And, yeah. uh, we've done little stuff here and there for other churches in Reno, and uh, just nothing consistent because uh, we couldn't find a home here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also important to remember too, like when you get involved in the church um, and you do start getting plugged into ministries, not to overwhelm yourself because then you do get that burnout feeling. So yeah, um, there's I a, think we've learned that lesson. It's it's really easy to just keep saying yes because you're like, all right, they need help. I'll, I'll help them out. Yeah, and then next thing you know, you're you're just buried in in work between your job, your family life, and church, and and you just you're just burnt out. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but um. Yeah. So, um, that is, yeah, that's, that's an incredible story. And I think that, um, it's, it's unlike anything that I've I've had on this podcast. I mean, if you go back and listen to the audio from stories of freedom, I don't have anybody on that, that came from a Muslim faith or really any other religion. Maybe, you know, I had a lot of people that came from a Catholic upbringing, which isn't necessarily, you know, I mean, some people have their view, you know, but I, I don't look at that as a bad thing. Um, you know, and I don't, Anyway, <laughs> that's just, that's another topic. But uh, I think that, you know, your story is, is incredible. And um, I, I want to have you on um, another time so that we could dive into Muslim and, uh, and, and Christianity, talk about the differences, talk about the different ways that they, that, you know, we view Christ and, um, and works and salvation and things like that. I think it'd be, it'd be really, yeah, uh, uh, really interesting to hear. That is, uh, I spent probably about eight years of my life, uh, mm-hmm. between, you know, between my falling away and coming back and falling away and coming back, um, 
the proverbial prodigal son, as I call yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've spent all that time uh, learning how to uh, explain the different religions. Uh -huh. um, and I think it gives me a unique point of view on Christ and yeah. what he's done uh, for us and for the church. And um, I would love to share that. That's cool. uh, it's a huge part of my story that yeah we don't have enough time for unfortunately no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um how is your family now because i mean i know you talked about you guys uh were talking again and, and acting like a family and how are they now um they are uh it was it wasn't until my oldest son was born mm -hmm. uh he was born on my dad's 50th birthday oh uh so it's really special to him See, uh, another way that God works. I'm just, just yeah. the little things in life. Just the, I mean, <laughs> it's just the, the little details in, in my story, in our story as a family yeah. is, is incredible. Yeah. And uh, so he was born and immediately it was like all tension and uh, we had, we had come to terms to agree to disagree mm -hmm. with, without having to say it. Because my father and I are pretty hot headed people. <laughs> and so we, we we butt heads a lot and we still do uh yeah. over little things uh but we have come to agree to disagree and uh in fact i just spent two weeks with them That's good. Uh, down in vegas for a little while and they they love my kids more than they love me yeah <laughs> so i mean right around when the kids were born they really <laughs> they really saw that they wanted to be a part of their lives and part of my life you know part of my husband's life they really love my husband they uh, we are a sarcastic family, so they they love to rib on him and, and me. And, uh, nice. It's like nothing has happened. Yeah. But there's 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 always that little bit of we're different. Yeah. Uh, especially because they still pray five times a day, and yeah. uh, they still have the call of prayer in the house, and they have uh, scripture everywhere. So it's. Uh, it's interesting to have my children in that environment mm -hmm. and still um, keep them following God, uh, Christ. To, to I mean, I, I'm I'm not forcing it to them, yeah. but they that's what's taught here and taught. Uh, that's the choice they have. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure how to word that. No, I <laughs> but, yeah, I understand. Uh, so they, uh, my oldest, um, I actually had a really big problem with God for the longest time because I thought that I, uh, I was saved. And so I needed to save everybody else in my family. That was, uh, -huh. uh that was the hardest part. And, uh, my oldest brother is the only one who, uh, has decided to follow Jesus. And I actually got to baptize him and that was, uh, that was a really cool time of my life, and I've always been frustrated that I couldn't reach my father or yeah. my mom. And it's just uh, when uh, right around when my oldest was born, he God showed me that it wasn't going to be me. Uh, it just it wasn't because we had we've had so much history that they're just not going to yeah understand it. Um, and so it's it's interesting to watch my oldest talk about Jesus with them or what he learned in church that day or um it's it's because it because they ask questions and they, yeah to listen to him uh because they really want to be involved in things in his life and yeah. so they 
they really listen to him and you yeah. can tell my dad is not pleased sometimes but but they're listening so That's good i i really think it's not gonna be from me that yeah. uh they hear uh god's message uh yeah. if they ever choose to yeah so i i think on that topic and this is this is a, a this is a can of worms opening up, but like, um, I, I want to dive into that one for sure later on as well, because I think that would be a good, you know, scripture talks about, or Jesus says that he came, um, to divide mothers and fathers against their children and stuff. And, um, and that, uh, you know, there's a scripture about hating your following God and hating your parents and, and what that actually means. Cause it's, it's not, it's not, you know, literally that you hate your parents or that, you know, he's literally come to divide you guys. It's, it's, you know, picking Jesus, like you said, you did, you picked Jesus and God over, over your parents when he chose to move out of their house. It's not that you ever stopped loving them or you were actually, you know, saying you didn't want them in your life or anything like that. Um, it's, and it's, that's a topic that I, um, that I know a lot of people struggle with or a, a scripture that people struggle with and they read. And I think that you're going to have a lot of perspective in that um, to help people understand like what that's actually saying. So I like to, uh, the way I like to study the Bible is I like to just kind of read it verse mm -hmm. by verse so that I find something that sticks out with me or I find a word that sticks out and I like to dig into that word or that phrase. And, uh, I've actually done that couple those verses several yeah. times and yeah, it's <laughs> interesting to see how my perspective on it changes and, yeah. uh, it, it's it's definitely a can of worms <laughs> yes it is There's yeah a lot of that in there you know um I, I think that when we read the bible we just we have to remember to to put it all in in context and put it and remember who wrote it who they're writing it to and uh that it was written not a few years ago in America that it was written, you know, in a culture, um, in a different part of the world thousands of years ago. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's not that it makes it, you know, any less, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, relevant. It's just, you have to understand what it's actually, what it's telling you, you know, and yeah. what point they were trying to get across and what it's, yeah. how it relates to you now. And I think you, you have really good insight on that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, for today, I mean, if there's any, anything else you want to talk about, um, we could bring that up. Other, other than that, I think that we should probably wrap it up. And, uh, and I think probably soon, sooner than later, I want to dive into this more because I want to really dissect a lot of things that you said and write down some more questions and okay. kind of talk more about this because this is, this is yeah. fascinating. So um, yeah, for sure. we're going to find it interesting. So. Um, and with that being said, if anybody uh, is watching this or listening to the audio and you want you have questions uh, for, for uh, Farine, um, just email me at livingstoriespodcast at gmail, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll make sure that those are brought up um, in, in that, that episode that we do. Um, but yeah, so thanks for, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah. And um, it's, it's definitely, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that people are going to be able to, to, to get out of, uh, you know, get something out of, so yeah of course i'm happy to be on anytime awesome and i can't wait to meet you in person either you know yeah. just a few <laughs> well, emails that we've had and then now over <laughs> zoom but you know um maybe when we start doing the uh, scattered homes church um i'll let you know and and if you guys want to come check it out it'd be awesome or you know just some sure. other time we'll, That'd be awesome. we'll meet so cool all right 
well, everybody else out there, thanks for, uh, for watching or listening or however you're getting this. And, um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>